And we're back for another Brush Pass bonus episode. Uh, this time around, we're going to be talking about uh, The Courier, which just dropped yesterday in theaters. That's right. Right, Dave? Uh, Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Uh, but it's it's out now. Uh, we do encourage Spy Geeks to definitely check it out. Uh, we'll come back and discuss our impressions of the film a little bit after we talk about some news items. Um, other stuff that is out recently that you could see right now there's uh mission possible which is a south korean film uh it's not it doesn't look like a direct like you know trying to be like a mission impossible parody or anything like that they're just being cute with the name right south korean film uh two young ish agents you know not like kids it's not spy kids but they're like i don't know early 20s looks like uh, it's been getting some buzz in the Asia theater scene for performing much better than was expected. Um, yeah. Uh, well, we're always glad to see some foreign films and South Korea has been pumping them out because of, uh, what was that? Uh, Parasite, you know, swept the Oscars last year. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Let's check out the trailer real quick. What do you think, Dave? That's pretty cute. It looks like an action comedy. Yeah, looks like an action comedy. Uh, you know, lots of laughs, lots of tons of action. Uh, looks like it'd be fun. Uh, we'll definitely have to check it out. For some reason, I think I was uh, fearing that it would look a little YA uh, for my tastes. <laughs> but it actually does look genuinely funny. And also, from what we did see of the action, it looks like they do really kind of crank it up. Uh, I guess I'm not surprised that film's doing well. Um, no, not at all. Not from that trailer. I think I think we could cover it if we're uh, looking for some some Asian flavor, right? <laughs> some Asian spice in our podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, there is uh, another show that is out now called Cold Courage, uh, which is based on some award-winning novels by a Finnish journalist. Uh, two women are inducted into a secret society that aims to right the wrongs of the rich and corrupt. Let's check out that trailer. That well, looks intense. It does not look like a comedy. No. <laughs> that looks pretty serious. Looks like a, a, a pretty serious spy film. Uh, definitely would enjoy that one. All right, cool. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you're looking for your thrills and your heart pounding, boom, 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 uh, kind of soundtrack, uh, that looks like the way you should head. Uh, yeah. More, I, let's see. More. Also, okay. This is a this is an interesting one to to mention, and I might want to check it out as a as a cultural artifact. This is Storm Eye, which is a Chinese TV series, and I do mean Chinese, not Hong Kong actual stuff from China uh, involving Chinese national security. Hmm. Now, the show's gotten some pretty mixed reviews on its realism, but kind of like, what do you expect from China? Uh, right. You know, they're, they're pretty tight-lipped about their security stuff. And it does seem, I, you know, I read a short interview with the writer of the show, and I mean, he's definitely out there promoting it as a you know it's just really great to see what uh you know loyalty to the state you know is 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 all about and 
and right. defending defending the people. Uh, but I think it might be interesting to just see, like, you know, what... I mean, it's not, it's not literally... Well, maybe it is literally propaganda, but... Uh, uh, we we shouldn't expect it to to really show like, what's going on in China. I don't think. Um, interesting. All the episodes of that, and this also maybe goes to the idea that it's propaganda. All the episodes are up for free on YouTube. You just you oh. just watch that. Oh, okay. Even though it's a new show, so I think China just really wants people to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's check out that trailer. So what about what about that final line in the trailer? We'll, we'll wake you up. <laughs> yeah, like you know, she's she's saying like, no matter where you are, we can find you and wake yeah. you up. So yeah, again, like I, I feel I feel the propaganda uh, kind of heavy handed there. Um, a little bit, yeah. I mean, it's like a typical national film. Like we got those here too, you know. Like we're trying to protect the people and. You know, this is about national security and you're doing all this terrible stuff. We're going to get you. You know, we'll protect the people. Uh, but that looked a lot more serious than than the last one. So, yeah, that, that looks uh, pretty, pretty cool, actually. I, I, I'd enjoy watching it. But, uh, yeah, no, it's pretty heavy handed propaganda, like you said. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, I actually <laughs> I, I'm going to say this too. Um, you know, when I went looking for the trailer, I, I ended up clicking on one of the episodes without realizing it, you know, cause I just, uh, it was the first video I saw. And so I ended up watching like the first six or seven minutes of the show before I realized like, Oh, this is not a trailer. And it's only then I realized like, Oh, this whole thing has just been put out on YouTube. And right. from what I saw, it was not nearly as good as what the trailer shows. Oh, really? uh, oh. It looked, it looked a little goofy, but I'm actually really keen on doing that one. Like I said, like interesting cultural artifact, and uh, I think is worth at least a brush pass. But let's talk later about maybe uh, doing doing some some digging on that one for a main episode. Yeah, it looks it looks it looks pretty serious. So I'd I'd really enjoy it. You know, uh, at least checking it out. Um, it could just be like the first few episodes are kind of goofy, but from that trailer, I, I presume it gets better. But who knows? <laughs> yeah, possibly. And also, it's just always a good idea to see what, you know, the um, people on, like, because right now, you know, with the U.S.-China, like, kind of harumphing at each other, uh, yeah. I think I'd just really kind of be keen to see what their entertainment is saying about, like, how they see the world. It'd be you... nice to get another perspective. Yeah. Uh, did you hear anything about the mole agent? Uh, not too much other than it's from Chile and it's an Oscar contender. Yep. Might, might go for the, I guess the international, uh, Academy award, uh, looks like a very, very different kind of spy movie that involves an elderly man who's recruited to infiltrate a rest home. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, we have to watch this. Oh no no no! This is going on my must watch list. I my eyes went a little rolly too when I first read the description, but then I started looking into it more. Like, 
Okay, what's weird? All right, let's watch the trailer, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something interesting about this. Ch- um, chime in about it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, this looks delightful. Definitely sign me up. The most heartwarming spy film ever made. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that's what that's what one critic said about it. That's exactly what it looks like. It looks very endearing, and it's like a spy comedy. Oh, this looks. This is something my mom would like. Just go gaga over. Oh like, yeah, I, yeah. I'm definitely gonna have to watch it with her. Yeah, I should recommend it to to my family as well. Um, yeah, it does look. It does look really cute. Does look very different. Here's where I really kind of go. What? When they did you catch? It's a documentary. Yeah, but is that real? I think I mean, it doesn't look like it's a documentary, but I, if it is, that makes it even better. I think they were just being cute with the credits with that or something. It's probably like a docudrama or something. Okay. Uh, but uh, maybe maybe it really is a documentary. If well, it really is, that makes it even better. If it, it's, it's, <laughs> if it is, and they're not kidding about that, then what's what makes this like a real mind fuck is that like the the movie is the spy operation the actual filming right. of the movie because i think they infiltrated the guy in there and then they came in also with uh like a a you know an excuse of like oh we want to make a documentary about your your rest home or something yeah something like that that would be fantastic uh we definitely got to put this on the list uh-huh yeah we're gonna check it out uh probably be a probably be a main episode i think it's it's just so different from our usual it deserves it and if it's up for the oscar it's probably already available right yeah somewhere out there yeah for sure no yeah all these that we're talking about here are current okay um including our final current thing which uh just fired off uh two days ago on friday that'd be the falcon and the winter soldier it's gonna be a six episode miniseries it you know follows the whole Avengers uh, Endgame kind of plot with these guys. The Winter Soldier movie was as close as the Marvel franchise has gotten to espionage stuff so far. And everywhere I look, people say there is like espionage in this. Uh, I'm going to take a look. Didn't the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. do stuff like that? Yeah. I think the Black Widow movie, I think, is supposed to be something like that. Well, yeah, the Black Widow movie, I hope, definitely, I hope, qualifies and isn't just an action movie. Right. Um, <laughs> because she doesn't get to do any spying in the Avengers movies. No, she, none whatsoever. She just... She had some cool fighty tricks. She just very, very slightly kicks ass next to people that are, like, leveling cities with their magic hammers. Right, right. <laughs> and, and, and green muscles. Um, but... You know, I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check this one out. Uh, personally, the Winter Soldier movie was uh, one of my favorite of the Avengers. I kind of like the the more like toned down, a little like kind of get a little away from Thor and the Hulk, right? Uh, kind of stuff. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna get on that. Let's check the trailer. See if we spot any evidence of like espionage in that one. 
Yeah, I don't know if I see any hint of espionage in that. <laughs> no, there's no there's no hint of espionage in the trailer. But supposedly it's supposed to be in there. I, maybe there will just be a tiny bit in there. Just kind yeah, of they'll probably have like a meeting in a boardroom. Hey, we got to get this information. Then it'll be like an hour and a half of like hi-yahs. And then they get the information and then the movie's over. Or like a Bond, uh, a Bond film where like the kind of the premise starts out a little bit. Like a uh-huh. need you to go in undercover, but then... You know, within five, ten minutes, the, you know, just shit's blowing up left and right. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to check it out, though. I'm going to check it out. Uh, on coming... Oh, no, don't get me wrong. It definitely looks pretty good. Um... Oh, yeah, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't look like a TV show. It looks more like a movie in six parts. Like, Yeah, it definitely has that feel to it. Um, it, it still feels pretty Avengers-y for my taste, but it looks like something I would enjoy, so... Uh, I'll definitely give it a a, a, a try. Uh, we've got nothing in the coming soon bucket this time around, but uh, I thought maybe that'd be a good time to just like throw out a little mention about. Um, I guess it's not really spy movie news. It's I sort of is, but what well, is it is? What's going on? I mean, like, uh, well, it's the first time somebody won what, like an Emmy for a song for a film that hadn't come out yet it was Billie eilish that's correct she is the new the new voice of the bond uh you know title song i think the last one was adele and that song blew up you know uh i mean well anything adele puts out is gonna make like crazy amounts of cash and you know with Billie eilish sweeping the emmys twice uh, I'm, I'm, uh, she definitely is going to drop a song that's going to hit hard for something like Bond. I'm a little surprised they went. With, is she even British? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't think so. But she, I mean, there, you know, that's not a requirement. It's a requirement to be British to play James Bond. But there's no, uh, there's no because Adele is that. very, very British. Right, but uh, Chris, she's from East London. <laughs> yeah. Chris, Chris Cornell uh, did one. Uh, a few movies back, he's American. Oh, I didn't right? know that. You don't remember the Chris Cornell one? Which one was that? Uh, that was the one with the all the flowery stuff in the in the credits. Uh, let me look it up real quick. Was that Daniel Craig or Pop- yeah? It's a, it's a Craig movie. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, it was probably because after the first one, I didn't. I don't think I've seen any of the other Bond ones. Oh wait, no, I did. I saw Casino Royale. Unless that was the first one, no, Casino Royale was the second one. Yeah, actually, no, he did. Poker. Yeah, he did do the uh, the credits for Casino Royale. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Well, that shows how much I know about Bond. Right. I'm I'm of <laughs> I'm of two minds. I'm totally of two minds on on the Billie Eilish thing of of using her. First of all, I think it's great. I think it's great that the franchise is reaching out to like uh, you know this like bright new star in music, you know, and so young right. and so young. Right. And also she's really cool. It seems like a really cool person. Uh, just you know what I think is really interesting. She took like really pop music sounding stuff and sang about depression and suicide and overdose. Uh, so I think it's great that it brought awareness of a lot of mental health issues. Uh, but I, I just think it's really interesting. Like all our music is like super poppy but you know we're gonna sing about cutting wrists and stuff. Uh, well, you did. You did listen to the song, right? 
not this one, but I, I saw the article and I uh, forgot to put it on our Facebook page because we had a lot going on at that time that it's, I was posting already. It's very moody and croony and I like the song, but something about like to me, like I feel like I feel like my my whole like go Billy go is that like she's or at least was up to a point kind of non-commercial and the idea, you know, they're giving her like, okay, do a song, but you know, you got to make sure that the uh the the refrain is no time to die mm-hmm. and i don't know i i'm sure it was a great opportunity for her but well, a lot I, of the I bond also... songs are like that where it's just like they gotta have the title in the song and it's kind of you know you can't have a bond film without like a song where like the hook is like blatantly on the nose oh yeah of course the title i just think yeah. i just think it corrupts her brand in a in a in a way that I think was maybe is maybe a little too early in her career to to, oh, to, yeah. pollute, to pollute her brand with something as blatantly commercial as this. Although, like I said, I do like the song. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get you. She is a little young, but, you know, I mean, she has some pretty commercial sounding stuff. That's what I was saying. It was it was very interesting how she was able to take the pop genre and talk about very serious issues. So. I mean, kudos to her uh, for, you know, sweeping Grammys twice and getting a Bond song. That, that's, I mean, you know, she, it's, you know, I think I, I forgot what it was that I saw that she had said this, but, you know, she's like at a concert and she says like, I'm okay because you guys are here to the crowd, you know? And it was like, oh, oh, you know, so it's kind of nice that she's kind of getting out there. So like kudos to her for, for making it. And, uh, yeah, she deserves she there. deserves to have all the checks written to her. Um, right, exactly. I, yeah. <laughs> I just think I just think it's it it is cooler that the James Bond franchise got some Billie Eilish on it than it is that Billie Eilish got some James oh, Bond okay. franchise yeah. on her. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. But agree, maybe I they made maybe they that. made an offer she couldn't refuse. Huh? Who knows? Maybe she maybe she. There was a decision process of whether or not to do it. I'm I'm sure there was negotiations. She's not a dumb lady, and neither is her brother. And they're the act. You know what I mean? He makes all the beats. Right, right, right. So I'm I'm, I'm sure I'm I'm. They both got a head on their shoulders. So I'm I'm sure they got some amount of negotiations done. Here's some stuff that's been announced. Uh, we don't necessarily know anything about like when this stuff will actually come to pass. Some of it is just, you know, it's just basically been announced with maybe a director and some actors signed to it. Uh, we'll start with Agent Game. Uh, this is going to be a movie about a CIA officer that uh, he, his job is to detain and relocate foreign nationals for interrogation. And then I guess some kind of political shift in Washington turns him into like some kind of scapegoat and he's got to run from his former colleagues uh, yeah. and, and some double agent stuff and blah, blah, blah. Right. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's one those of those are always fun. Sure. 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 Yeah. It's one of those like, no, I'm the good guy. He stops shooting at me. (laughs) Kind of movies, right? Yeah, right. What is this this Citadel thing? Oh, it's an Amazon studio project. Okay. Oh, and it looks like this is going to be a series. 
Oh, and it's by yeah. the Russo brothers. So I guess they're doing this. They're doing this and um, Gray Man. Oh, well, that's a lot on their plate. All right. Uh, the Citadel, I guess, maybe is a fictional um, spy. Oh, agency. Rob Stark's going to be in it. Who's that? Yeah, we got another Game of Thrones actor. Nice. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's, a, oh, yeah, right. Stanley Tucci is going to star in that. And uh, uh, let's see. It's uh, described by their press release as a global spy thriller that will be told through multiple shows around the world, including Italian and Indian versions. Oh. Well. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, so we're getting different spy perspectives. You know, there's a book by, no, by think, Max actually, Hastings. No, actually, 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 I think that, I think uh, the, in, including Italian and Indian versions, I think they just mean that there's going to be, they're going to be released in those markets. Oh, I totally misunderstood. Never yeah, mind. I, I, well, I still want to talk about this book. There's this book called The Secret War by Max Hastings mm-hmm. that, uh, and if you don't know about Max Hastings, he does tons of historical wartime uh, and espionage books. But this one, he spent like pretty, this is like a kind of a lifetime uh, project, I guess. He, he wrote the book about World War II espionage from all angles. So it talks about German, Russian, British, oh, cool. uh, uh, Italian, American, uh, all, all of it. All of the different things that he could get his hands on uh, about intelligence in World War II. So definitely check out that book because uh, I'm about halfway through and uh, it's it's fantastic. But uh, this is not what this movie's about or this show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nice I'm seeing, I'm seeing too now that the, the rival intelligence agency of the Citadel is called Manticore. So it's definitely starting to sound like they're uh, playing around with just fictional stuff here. Like control, yeah. and, control and chaos. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, finally, a really interesting sounding one. The Swiss Guard is going to be set in the Vatican and center on a plot to kidnap a new pope. Who's, oh. in, who's intent on reforming the Catholic Church. And the main character is going to be uh, a member of the Swiss Guard. The Swiss Guard, of course, is like the Pope's bodyguard brigade, right? Yeah, kind of like the Secret Service, I think. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, well, it's technically its own country. Right. Uh, it's, it's not part of Italy. It's like, I, I guess, legally recognized as it's... So they have their own military, their own economy their own it's a lot of stuff it's it's a lot of stuff sure uh, so this would be really interesting to find out i wonder i think i wonder great... i wonder who they're promoting in this or if it's going to be a neutral position is this is this pro vatican pro catholic or is this against the vatican against catholic you know like that movie where they broke the the molestation thing that what was that spotlight i think where the newspaper, so it'll be interesting to see whose whose side this story is taking, or if it's going to be neutral. The main character is going to be uh, the first Swiss female Swiss guard, which uh, I guess is probably a bit of fiction. Uh, you know, is there no female Swiss guard? I guess not. Oh and well, you you can't make you can't make a fictional movie about, or you can't make a movie, you can't make a fictional movie about the first female blah 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 if there's an actual 
<laughs> first female blah 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 right yeah <laughs> i guess that <laughs> uh, would make no sense but yeah the, the, the swiss guard uh, i i applaud whoever kind of came up with this idea that's a that's a really interesting i mean i guess they they have to indulge in quite a bit of intelligence right if their job is to protect the pope oh absolutely i don't care what you do you need some amount of intelligence at that level, you're going to need something. You know what I mean? All right, let's let's uh, let's go to the main event. Yeah, we Time just to talk about the courier. We, we just got back from uh, City Walk. Uh, yeah. Where it was, um, by the way, uh, I just posted the, the film. I guess thing on our Facebook page and Twitter and Instagram. And I was really upset. I was going to do it for the gram type of thing. I was trying to find a poster all over the theater. Couldn't find a single poster, not even on those like digital screens. And, and we got digital tickets, so I couldn't take a picture of the ticket. So, uh, but we really did physically go watch this movie. Yep. It, was, it was nice to get out. We just came home, just started recording. My first question when did Reese Witherspoon change her name to Rachel Brosnahan? <laughs> she does look like Reese Witherspoon a little bit, yeah, yeah. Uh, when, but I mean, like the the cast was was really really good. Uh, I mean, you got you got Benedict Cumberbatch uh, and uh, Jesse Buckley, who's who's coming up in the ranks. Uh, she was in Chernobyl. If you haven't seen that yet, go watch it because she's a fantastic actress. I don't like, remember her from Chernobyl, but I will go back and check that out. She was, and she plays uh, Cumberbatch's wife. Right. And she, to me, is the fucking star of this movie. <laughs> she she's amazing. So well, I mean, it's I, I don't know. Her and Cumberbatch are on like that same level, especially with the amount of weight he lost Uh which I, we don't want to spoil too much, but uh, you're going to get a shot where like Cumberbatch lost a fuckload of weight and uh, for a particular scene and holy shit. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I agree. She definitely was a highlight for this film as far as performance goes. Yeah. Uh, he and, definitely had to have lost some weight. There's only so much that makeup can do. I mean, I'm right. sure the makeup helps a lot with the, with right. the illusion. Right. Um, but I wonder what order he did that in. I wonder if he filmed his uh, healthy stuff and then first and then lost a lot of weight real quick or yeah. <laughs> just, just curious. Um, you know what I felt really weird, though, was the, the type of trailers they played. I, it's probably because Benedict Cumberbatch oh. was the, the, t- the title. We, we had, like, rom-coms, and we had, like, those, like, feel-goods, and then we had, like, Cruella, the new... By the way, I am so hyped for Cruella. Holy shit, that... I had to come... As soon as I came back home, I had to rewatch that trailer. But we did get a spy film, or, like, an assassin film called Nobody, so keep your eye out for Nobody. Oh, yeah, that looks like it's gonna maybe uh, fire up the, like, a new... Um... Like a new version of John Wick, a different yeah, kind the, of John Wick. Yeah, it's the creators of John Wick, and it's definitely a similar story where a guy's just really pissed off. He he's an ex whatever, and people start fucking with him and his family, so he gets pissed off and he goes fighting fighting some people. But, I have I have least, a feeling it's going to be one of those things where the trailer doesn't does really does nothing for me, 
And then yeah, right. it, it's and then a bunch of people are going to come out and say, no, it's really great. And then I'm going to watch <laughs> it and I'm just going to be like, eh. yeah, I feel the same way. I'm, I am. I am not that excited about it. But if if you're into really, really, really into John Wick, you're probably really, really going to like nobody. But we can't get uh, too far away from Jesse Buckley without uh, mentioning my favorite line in the film. The first time that he tells his wife that he's going to be going to Moscow. And remember, this is in the 60s, total right. fucking Cold War shit. Uh, you know, and it, it's cute. You know, she's in the other room. They're just kind of talking to each other, like between the walls. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I might be going to Moscow. And she just quips like, uh, don't go to the gulag, darling. Yeah, yeah, right. Very British. Uh, I really yeah, love that line, and it exactly it exactly reminded me of something like, dude, I swear to God, that is exactly what my ex girlfriend would have said in that exact same situation. That, and she's British. Yeah. So well, half, well there you yeah, go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. If you if you like British quips, you're gonna get quite a bit of them, especially at the end. There is some old footage of the real. Uh, salesman. Oh, by the way, let's talk about... Well, anyway, there's some footage and in his real interview, he had quite a few British quips. So it's 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 very, very quaint with the, 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 the British back and forth uh, dialogue. But... Um, he did, you don't know, he the, did seem to have a very, very stiff upper lip in that interview. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that moment. I thought when the movie, when the story was over, I thought like, okay, credits are rolling. No, but we got, just like in Judas and the Black Priest, we got like a little real clip of uh, the character we're following. And it was very, very fun. It was very fun to watch. The only thing um, that bugs me about that is I feel like that's going to be like just a standard feature of every biopic. Not that this is a biopic. It's a dramatization. Uh, but you know, every, every movie where, you know, someone does, you know, a fantastic job of portraying the real life person, uh, because this movie is based on real events, uh, and seems to be like highly, I mean, as far as I know, very accurate and, Mm -hmm. and historic, but I just like, I feel like if I see, uh, like one or two more of those where just at the end of the credits, we see some footage of the real person, I'm going to start getting sick of it. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Let's talk about the premise. If you if you haven't seen the trailer, I hope you have because when the trailer came out, uh, I definitely blew up all of our social media about it. Uh, it's it's about a British salesman that is recruited by the MI6 and the CIA to penetrate Soviet Russia during the Cold War, uh, and that's that's pretty much the story. Definitely go take take a look at the trailer because the trailer does not disappoint the film you're going to see. It doesn't give away too much, but it definitely hypes you up. But one of the things I really, really wanted to talk about, we've talked about agents in the past that are used by intelligence agencies. And I think this is one of the most brilliant uses of an agent um, because I don't care what your ideals are. I don't care what kind of, group you are or organization or revolutionary. I don't give a shit. Uh, You need things, right? And you need like production and you need information and you need. And so the fact that they sent a guy who has zero connection to the government, he's just a businessman 
sends him to Russia, and they probably are like, aha, this guy is a businessman. He only cares about money, you know. And, oh, uh, well, anyway, it's it's just such a great, like, uh, use of an agent because it's really, really believable that this guy wants to go in and just make some money. You know, I'm going to, you know, he's got the line, I'm here to open a door. You know, it's, it's, it's very cleverly done. And I wanted to point out without spoiling, they cover their tracks. Because, you know, a lot of spy films, you know, when we're following our protagonist, they let a lot of stuff slide. And, and you kind of think about it like, well, well, how come they didn't do this? Or how come they didn't do that? Or whatever. Uh, I wanted to point out they really covered their tracks, you know, with the back and forth without spoiling how they did it. Because this is still really new. So we don't want to spoil too much. But uh, one of the things that did bug me, though, is we didn't get any moment where MI6 or CIA were concerned that uh, the, the person that sent the message to them from Russia could have been a double agent. Ah, uh, good point. So I'm going to mark that as uh, my right off the bat, just from a brush pass, worst tradecraft. There was no talk about that. But regardless, everything else from the protagonist standpoint, the, the tracks were covered. And I really, really appreciated that. Uh, so let's see. You gave me a lot to to chew on in that. Um, I'll go, I guess, from backwards. Uh, from like, yeah, it's a good point. The the guy, and the guy, the the Russian guy that wants to get information to the United States. His motivation is just like he's terrified of of. Uh, is it Brezhnev? Yeah, Krishnov. Krishnov. Khrushchev, I think. Khrushchev. Khrushchev. Yeah. I think it's Khrushchev. I, I don't know. I haven't talked about. I haven't. I haven't talked about him in a while. But uh, yeah. but yeah, he is. He is terrifying when you see him. When you're seeing uh, Khrushchev, yeah, it's Khrushchev. Uh, through that guy's eyes, you know, Khrushchev famously like could not really hold his alcohol. Had a lot of like very public, <laughs> weird fucking moments. And right. yeah, this guy, like the, the, the fact that he's terrified of, of this guy being in charge of nuclear weapons is, is very plausible. And that guy uh, plays a really good character. Um, let's see. What else did you talk about just a second ago? Um, Covering tracks? No, I think it was before that. Eh, we'll get there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch is recruited specifically. Oh, right. Well, the guy is such a high value. I mean, at the end of the movie, they say like, you know, they say, but I mean, I feel like they say that about a lot of guys, but that, you know, he was the most important uh, asset of all time. Well, they they said that about Polyakov. Who's Polyakov again? That was the Russian that uh, approached... Uh, the the embassy, which by the way was Polyakov, also great. I think, I think you're I think you're taking Polyakov or, from a different movie. Not Polyakov. What's his name? The the the. It wasn't Cumberbatch that they said was the most valuable asset. Right, right, right. Here, I'll get it. I'll get it. Um, okay. I'm missing. No. Um, uh, Oleg Penkovsky. Sorry, I'm sorry if anybody. See, this this is my brain farts all the time. Oleg Penkovsky. Right. 
And uh, yeah, he's he's played very well, and I like his motivations. The thing is, he's in the um, what is it, the GRU or whatever. He's in military intelligence, and that's why he's right. such an incredibly high priority. You know, he's not KGB. Right. Uh, in fact, he's you know he has to watch over his shoulder for the KGB. Uh, but I think he's the GRU, so he's got direct like military intelligence access, which is why he's so high value. But I agree with you, like a scene where they at least, you know, the fact they never discussed the possibility that this is fishy. Um, I liked his his first his first uh, his means of making first contact was really good. He just watched the embassy. Yeah. And... I really wanted to talk about that. Yeah. Okay. Do it. Oh no 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 oh, no 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 no! no, no. Uh, keep going. Just watched. You know, I thought he was going to go in, and then the next thing he's doing is going to a movie theater, and I'm like, wait, what the hell? Like, did I miss something? <laughs> but he's actually trailing just a couple of people that he saw come out of the embassy, establishes that there's they're Americans, and passes right. them. Uh, you know, like his first little. I don't know. Is there a name for that? The first little teaser, the first little like bait on the hook or, or first contact, first contact kind of thing. Something, I guess there's probably a term that us civilians are not uh, up to speed on. But uh, I, speaking of this, of this, they, they, there are so many brush passes and oh we get God, a couple. It, this movie is made of brush pass. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we had to bring it up just because of our little brush pass teaser episodes we do. Yeah, there's so many brush passes, and we get a couple cute, like, dead drops. So, uh, believe me, if one, it's not even just a really good story and movie and performance, but there's tons of really good tradecraft, so uh, definitely go check it out. But, yeah, no, uh, Todd and I really, really enjoyed that. Like, he didn't go to the embassy because Russia's obviously watching the embassy and who goes in and in out. Uh, so what he does is find a couple of American kids that are like, you know, out on holiday or whatever and, and passes them a note. He's like, don't go to your hotel. Don't go anywhere. Just go directly to the embassy. And that's what, you know, gets the balls rolling. And I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be one of my very big contenders for best tradecraft of this movie that included in the package that he passes to the Americans, there's a picture of him, but he's cut himself out of the picture. So you're look you're looking at a picture with a person missing from it, but you can see the background. And apparently he was smart enough to know like that was a picture that was taken uh, by the Americans at some kind of function or something where like he knew that only the Americans would be able to deduce from that uh, mangled photograph who he was. And if the KGB had gotten a hold of the photograph, they would have had nothing. Uh, super, super clever. And um, yeah. Which then the of- Americans respond with a pin on our uh, protagonist that only he would recognize. Mm-hmm. And he even a mentions, clip, he was just right. like, yeah, the tie clip, and uh, uh, the he he even mentions, uh, well, your American friend is very clever, so I, there's a lot of cute little little tiny details to pay attention to and think about. So I, I I really enjoyed this film a lot. The mood of the movie, I'm I will go ahead and say, I didn't 
actually enjoy the last third of the movie as much as I did the first two thirds of the movie. Without going into spoil, without getting into spoilers, it actually turned a little too tense and a little too scary for my pure enjoyment. Like I I was, I I was, I was feeling a little bit freaked out and I carried that energy out of the theater. Um, There's a lot of cute moments in the first two thirds of the movie. Like we got a lot of giggles, like, like not, you know, not like it was a comedy, but the, the little wry moments uh, were very adorable and made you really sucked you into really liking and caring about the characters to the point where, at when the movie kind of takes a dark spin or a dark uh, a darker path i was thinking like wow is this movie ever going to get back to being cute or is it just all <laughs> all horrible uh, yeah. from here on out but that's also part of the success of the movie you know you want the first two thirds of the movie to set you up to care enough to be genuinely scared for the people in the last part of the movie. So on that level, it's a success. I'm just throwing it out there that for me, it was a little like, mm, it, it, I, I, it it could have been a little, a little less scary (laughs) for me. I I definitely understand you now. Uh, I I thought you were just like, it was bad, but you're, you're just like talking about your own personal experience I love moments like that when shit gets really, really real. Um, and uh, so I enjoyed all of it. I enjoyed the roller coaster the whole time through. And I love I love how it went from quaint to fucking holy shit, this is dark. Uh, let's was, also was... let's right. Let's also say there's a certain little girl in the movie that uh for the last third even though like she's kind of not on screen a lot i'm thinking about constantly and really 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 worried about right exactly yeah it's it it, they they really definitely grabbed your emotions and and that's what i liked about it it was the first two thirds just like you said you get really invested in these characters you care about them you want them to win all of a sudden like holy fuck shit got really bad really fast and really dark and and it it this and this this just goes to the performances you know and I don't want to spoil too much uh, but I do want to say uh, just the acting from the entire cast was like really on point and the writing was really there to the point where I got so invested and then this like reality check hits and I'm like holy fuck and it was great like I, I loved every minute of it. Can I uh, can I, I throw out a note about about acting? Uh, I've, mm-hmm. This this movie made me decide that I never want to watch Benedict Cumberbatch eat ever again. <laughs> what was that that he was eating? Oh, in the first in the first one, it was uh, you know he was uh, it was caviar on toast. Caviar. Oh 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 oh! Oh, you just mean eating in general? Uh, I, I thought you were talking about that one. Oh thing, right uh, right right yeah we won't right, talk. We'll, about we'll that. skip that. Yeah. yeah, took me a while. Uh, took me a while to figure out. Like, I heard other people in the audiences in the audience going like, "Oh my god," and I was like, "What? What? What is it?" And it took me yeah. a few a few passes around to realize like what that particular uh, delicacy uh, was meant to represent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, uh, but uh, no, but the first scene where he's chewing the caviar on toast, I don't know. Yeah. Cumberbatch is a really weird looking person to me. He's mm-hmm. simultaneously, in my mind, and I've always felt this about him, he's simultaneously kind of handsome and also mm-hmm. the kind of person that you said, oh, see that guy? He's not actually a human being. He's an alien posing as a human being. And I would be like, oh, yeah, I, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting take on it <laughs> but, but he's that's got a funny. he's got a weird small mouth and there's two scenes involving him chewing that i just i just said you know what benedict you, I, I just don't need to watch you eat anymore oh i see that was kind of how i felt about uh renona Ryder in uh stranger things she should never cry that's just not something she should do on screen um you know she's a great actress she does her stuff, but just don't don't cry, please. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I I definitely feel you. Yeah, the caviar scene was kind of weird, just with the eating. Like eat uh, it on the edges. Like why why are you yeah. trying to eat the the middle of it? You're gonna get caviar on your cheeks. <laughs> yeah, oh, just just weird, just weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, maybe that was part of the character. Maybe, maybe that's just. <laughs> he's a weird businessman. eater. He's just a weird eater. Uh, I don't know. And Cumberbatch is like a high tier actor. You know what I mean? Not as in like. I'm a fan. I'm not saying. Yeah, like he 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 can act is what I'm trying to say. He's he's definitely top tier as far as his acting capacities, and um. Uh, he probably would have studied the person as much as he could. So maybe, maybe that's how the guy ate or just how businessmen eat in general. I, I don't know. I don't know. He doesn't see what's great about him. He's like this, like really like how to do businessman. This isn't like a thing. And that's something I also really wanted to talk about as far as like targeting this. Oh, wait, him oh, wait, right, asset. right, right. Wait, can I jump in? Cause you just reminded me of the thing that you mentioned a few times, but I really wanted to put a pin on it is like, okay. would like you know when he's like like how how is this supposed to pass muster how are they gonna believe this about me and uh, you know the answer is like well you're a fucking capitalist pig you know like that's they think you know over here in russia that's what we think of you is that you're just all about money and super greedy and that's, right. and that's your cover. And yeah, it doesn't really make that much sense to you as an American. But thinking right. it for, from our perspective and our propaganda of who the Americans are, it right. fits. You have to not look like, you have to not look like, you know, just just look like, well, he's not an American. He's a, um, you know, British national. Uh, you have to not just look like, a, a British national of what you think of yourself as, but look like what they falsely think of you as. And right. that's how you really fit in. That's that's hey, slick. I like it. And that's a really good transition to what I wanted to point out about uh, his character. Um, and, and just using a salesman as uh, an agent. Um, so when you talk to like the general public about salesmen, like they'll probably think about like MLM, like, like sociopathic douchebags or like some like scummy, like used car salesman or something like that. But, you know, and this is actually something personally I had to learn on my own when I took like a sales class, like actual legit salesmen, like that are out there, like doing like big time sales, like this character, 
they're not scummy guys. They're, it's all about building a relationship, right? And it's all about listening. And I really, really, really liked the idea of using a salesman as an agent, mainly because a real salesman knows how to listen. And if you've ever like read oh, into Humming. Oh, good point. Great point. Right. And, and if you've ever like gotten like read about Hummint and the approaches of flipping someone or the approaches of just eliciting information, it's all about listening. You know, and if you go, I don't know, I, I don't know, I don't care where you go. If you, if you look up like sales or uh, look up like intelligence, uh, like book reading recommendations, they always have the book by Dale Carnegie, How to Make Friends and Influence People. And that 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 book is all about listening you know don't be a know-it-all you know you want to be somebody that somebody likes and it's uh and 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 missing incredibly easy putts on the golf course right yes oh my god that was beautiful and it was such a great shot too because it was like a shot of their feet and you hear like cumberbatch being very british and it's like talking like, oh, I'm feeling pretty good about this one. Oh, I got it. And then he just misses. And it's like, it's like such an easy putt, but he's probably like just trying to lose to like get them to like want to buy. And that's a it's, skill. And that's just a skill that he had as a businessman of making friends and influencing people that translated right. nicely into his intelligence work. Fantastic. I think, I think that's really the, big core of what makes it such a great story historically and uh as like you know a cinematic uh story to tell you know what I mean? it, it, it's it's because oh and i also wanted to point out we haven't had an everyman for a while that's true and his 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 training is so uh so beautifully done it's it's they don't and they don't hard train him they don't train him to like try to you know spot people out of the corners you know to right. tell if he's being followed that kind of stuff yeah. uh yeah they really want him to just be like like purely natural which and and that's why they, they they're like very keen on like we don't want to tell you too much we just want you to be a salesman that's all you are and that's all you're ever going to be and there's a lot of moments you know, what i loved about cumberbatch's performance there's a lot of moments where they won't tell him anything and you just kind of you could see it in his in his performance that the character feels unsatisfied that he feels kind of like, like not valuable because they're not telling him everything and it's for his own safety, you know? And and it's kind of like, there's so many, well, not so many, but there's like a few little moments that were like really subtle in his expressions that I really loved because he was just like, okay, so that's it. You know, like, all right, wait, so we're, we're done. Like, and it, you could tell, like, he, he felt like he didn't really accomplish anything, but, like, what he accomplished was enormous. That's but, true. Like, That's for his true. own protection, they Speak, withheld information. Speaking to that, uh, I kept noticing how incredibly small and his flat was. I don't know if uh, 1960, I guess, I guess they must live in London, where... You know, well, like, it could be like New York, you know, where like even if you got money, and this guy definitely has money, right? Well, uh, yeah, he's, I mean, he's supposedly got a certain amount of money, but if you look at the 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 flat that they share, you know, kitchen right. kitchen table is only like you know two feet away from the sink. You gotta you know you gotta yeah. get up if someone wants to go to the refrigerator, right, or something. Um, 
you know, but nicely appointed. I, you know, it, so there was that, there was that subtle thing to like, like you're saying, I don't know about his, um, his sense of his own value and worth that, um, I, I do think he's, you know, he, he is trying to build a better life for his, for his family. Absolutely. Well, I mean, they even said, we'll pay you. He's like, I can make my own money. I have a wife and a kid. Yeah, that's just his that's pride. What I'm thinking that's just his pride talking. I well, think he, he I actually... agree with that. But in London, it's it's not cheap to live there. So that's why I'm thinking it could be like like London proper, you know, and it's kind of like a New York where like if you got money, you're gonna get something as small as that, which is huge. Right. But it's nineteen six yeah. but it's nineteen sixty. Oh well, yeah, that's true. That's you know, true. That's I know true. that London right now, like right now, London, like it's a huge problem. Like like property yeah. values are just like out of fucking control, like like they are in San Francisco, uh kind yeah. of stuff. Um I do have three three other things that I want to talk about. I got them highlighted on the sheet. Uh, just to give you a tip on, you know, where I'm, where I'm going with this stuff. Um, I had a slight quibble and it could be, it could be either, it's either me being like way too big brainy on my knowledge of spy movie history, or it could reveal a gap in my understanding. But when they give him, uh, oh, they give him the tie clip that we talked about, right? I think. Mm -hmm. And he says like, what is it? Like shoot poison darts. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a Bond reference, right? Yeah. Well, well sixties would have been pre-Bond. Nineteen sixty is two years before Doctor No came out, and it's my. Well, the Ian Fleming books would have been out. Yeah, I agree. The books would have come out, and they were big. They were really probably even more popular in Britain than around the world. I mean, I did have that thought, but it also just might be slightly anachronistic for someone to make that joke in 1960, as opposed to making that joke in 1963 or 1964, for example. Just wanted to flag it. Um, And then, um, yeah, I think I can throw out some, some possible minus spy points at the movie without spoiling it. Um, our guy, wow, what's his name? Our Russian guy, you know, our Russian, uh, hero, you know, uh, not protagonist, but, um, well, he's kind of like a sub protagonist. He's like our buddy. He's, you know, he's still a hero. You know, they, sure. they definitely paint him as like a hero. Oleg Penkovsky. The GRU guy, he says like, you know, part of his, uh, cover, for Cumberbatch of like, you know, to explain why we're meeting with each other is that I've actually flipped you and you're giving me secrets, which I, I mean, it's only one conversation. It went past pretty quick. You could be excused for missing it, but that was part of Oleg's uh, explanation that he had prepared was oh oh yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm, yeah, I'm was, telling that... i'm telling them that i've flipped you and that you're giving me secrets oh, oh i thought you sorry yes that was one of the things that covered the bases i was just trying to yeah, yeah. First, no, that was great first well first of all i don't think that the, that's the gru's job i think that's the kgb's job second i think that act that cover story actually puts 
Cumberbatch at a higher risk because if he were to get captured, they could ask him about that element of his cover story. And if he doesn't actually have anything to say about it, right? Oh, that's uh-huh. a good point. Okay, okay. That's a really good point, which they didn't show. And that's, yeah, it's okay. just something that didn't get uh, uh, covered in the movie, or at least I don't think they were sufficiently worried about. Uh, last one, and this also goes to, again, I didn't, I let, I loved the first two thirds of the movie. I'm a little iffy on the last third. There is a scene where someone is uh, making sure to acknowledge someone else's heroism. And it's in a situation where they should believe that they're being listened to. And the whole time I was, and it's very much a huge, like it's the, the super feel good part of the movie. Like it has to be there from a story perspective, but from a tradecraft perspective, I was sitting in my chair, just silently screaming, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. You're (laughs) fucking up. If they hear this, it's, if they hear what you're, I understand, you know, it's important to acknowledge someone else's heroism. And that's kind of what the movie's about. But I just had a little bit of issue with that as far as uh, it, it terrified me. And also I just, kind of thought the whole setup of the situation that permits those two people to be in contact with each other also just kind of flimsy and uh, was there to serve the, uh, like the heart of the movie, not the brain of the movie. I I agree with you that um, it was bad. Uh, This is probably going to make both of our worst tradecraft lists when we actually do this. Uh, But putting them together, I think, was a good idea on the Russian standpoint to get information out of them. I disagree. Uh, I, I disagree, but I can't explain my disagreement without spoilers. So right. we'll just have to leave it there. I do think like, I do think I can't find any bad tradecraft in this movie, except maybe some stuff in the last third of the movie. The first, the first two acts are just tight, super tight yeah, and highly super, super enjoyable. Tight. Yes, absolutely. I I I, I completely agree. Uh, we'll we'll de- we are definitely adding this to the list, and we're going to give it the spies like us treatment. Um, but uh, what do we got coming up next? Oh, uh, get smart comes out this. We're doing our get smart episode this week and next week, part one and two. Right, we're covering then- the we're covering the movie. Although we have recorded that already, and. I think uh, we had some interesting things to say about the TV show, but we're mostly the main focus. uh, This was chosen by my friend Lon that just wanted to like come on the podcast. And I said, what movie do you want to do? He said, get smart. I think it's a, it's a 2008 movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sounds about right. And then after that, we got a special guest from army intelligence, uh, right? We're going to do pine gap. Oh my God, I'm looking forward to that. Very, very much. By the way, Pine Gap was not, did not get the feedback it deserved. And I looked up some articles about maybe a season two and it's kind of up in the air and I'm really upset about it. Uh, But uh, definitely if you have not seen Pine Gap, go watch Pine Gap because 
Uh, it's coming up in a couple weeks, and we are very excited for it. And then after that, I think we're doing Judas and the Black Priest. That's the plan right now. Black yeah. Messiah, not Black Priest. Yeah, Black, Black Messiah. Judas <laughs> <laughs> and the Black Messiah. Anyway, uh, stay tuned. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, Spies underscore like us, and Facebook, Spies Like Us podcast. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll we'll be broadcasting soon. Catch us for uh, Get Smart. Uh, We'll drop it for you guys on uh, Thursday later this week.